They learn how to help people overcome blocks, things like imposter syndrome and procrastination and stuff like that. And they, they learn a skill of being able to move people forward, which is absolutely fabulous. But most coaching schools don't teach the business of coaching. So these coaches come out and they're qualified and they're great coaches, but they don't know then how to go into a business. You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 193. Today, we turn the tables. I was recently interviewed by Kyle Spreedies on his Decide Your Destiny program. It was a great interview, so I thought you might like to hear it. So please enjoy. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Spreedies here, and I've got Kathy Smith, Kathy Smith from Kathy Smith Coaching. Would you like to say hi to the folks, Kathy? Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Beautiful. Beautiful to have Kathy. And uh, really, really glad to be streaming with Kathy. We're both now uh, out of Perth. Um, I'm down south in the lovely Great Southern region. And Kathy and I have known each other for quite some time. Uh, and she's got some great topics, topical discussions around coaching, which I really, really appreciate. I think uh, in terms of deciding our destiny and uh, moving into you know the direction that we want to define for our lives. Uh, it's important to get clear on coaching and what coaching really is, uh, what coaching isn't, um, and how to best, you know, find a coach that's going to be right for us. So, Kathy, why don't you tell the folks a little bit more about yourself, um, how you got into coaching, and, and then we can start dispelling some of the myths around coaching. Sure, absolutely. So I've had a business for 22 years in marketing, and a couple of years ago, I got the opportunity to do a Cert for in personal and business coaching. So I thought I would just get a qualification for the marketing consulting I had been doing. But when I got into coaching, I found out it was quite different because consulting is when people tell you what to do and how to do it. And coaching is when they allow a situation and an environment where you can actually make your own decisions and come to your own conclusions, which sounds really scary. But if it's done right, it can be really, really powerful and make it a, a really good benefit for you and make sure that it's your decision and therefore you're more likely to own it and follow through rather than just following a prescriptive step-by-step and then when the person's not there anymore, you don't know what to do. So I got into coaching about two years ago, and now I do a hybrid of marketing, consulting, and coaching, depending on what the client needs. Love it, love it. And I've got to also just mention, guys, if you'd like to comment, ask any questions as we're going along in the show, please let us know. Um, I can definitely, you know, agree with what you're saying there, Kathy. Like when when your coach or helped along and someone, tell, you know, rather than just telling you the answers, they help you uncover the answers. It's just so much more powerful. Um, 
And have you, did you always have a passion for coaching since you were, you know, like maybe even before your marketing days when you were young? Were there any like key moments, maybe a mentor in your life that really had an impact? Definitely had mentors all through my life, but I didn't know what coaching was. I thought coaching was like sports coaching. If you're playing basketball or netball or, or whatever, I didn't actually really realise what uh, an actual coach was. And then I started hearing about business coaches as I went on. But unfortunately, the majority of the business coaches are actually consultants. So you get into a program and you do their step by step. And then once you finish that, you've either still got some blocks where you, you've done what they've said, but you haven't got the results that you wanted, or sometimes you just didn't even finish the program. So mentors, definitely. Coaches, not so much until just recently. Yeah. yeah and, and I know in photography, sometimes those, those hearing clients that have been burnt or um, had terrible you know, experiences, that's, that really drives you, that drives you to serve, that drives you to find out, you know, well, what, what's the missing elements here? Where did they go wrong? How do I improve it? Um, and I think that's a, that's a real driving force. So, Kathy, I've got uh, three topics that I'd love to kind of dive deeper into uh, with yourself. Um, so tell me, why do coaches not know how to market? Well, generally when coaches are taught to coach, so they'll they'll go to whichever school they're going to go to and they might go down the Cert 4 um, path or a diploma or sometimes they just do an unaccredited um, course, which is a, the good and bad thing about coaching because it's not accredited so you don't have to have a qualification. Obviously, a qualification gives you the skills on how to do it, particularly if you've never done it before. And that's what people do. They go and learn the skills of coaching. They learn how to coach. They learn how to do frameworks. They learn how to help people overcome blocks, things like imposter syndrome and procrastination and stuff like that. And they, they learn a skill of being able to move people forward, which is absolutely fabulous. But most coaching schools don't teach the business of coaching. So these coaches come out and they're qualified and they're great coaches, but they don't know then how to go into a business. And quite often they've come out of corporate or they've worked for other people and they've probably very, been very successful in their own right, but they don't know how to run a business or where to start. Yep, and I always, I always say, you know, to some of the kids that I mentor in, you know, photography and, and, and society destiny is, you know, measure your results, measure your outcomes. You know, if you're with a coach, if you're learning from myself, um, is your, are you getting better? Are you getting better with people? Are you getting better with equipment? Are you getting better with making decisions? You know, reflect. And I guess that's where it's always nice to do, you know, something that I do every now and then is, and I should do it daily, is just kind of write down your wins from the day. You know, like, what did you do? You know, because we always, we beat ourselves up and go, well, what didn't I do? And, you know, um, oh, I should have done this, should have done that. You know, I had this big plan to take over the world and conquer, you know, middle of the, in the morning and then and then all this unraveled. And, and so I think it's it's really nice to just write out, you know, what you have achieved. And then it, then it brings attention, I guess, intention of going, okay, I learned this piece of data, I learned this piece of, um, you know, skill. Now I'll go and implement or I'll double down on it. Um, so how important, I guess, uh, I'd love to ask questions because I, I usually have this concept with a lot of people like people say, you listen to that again or you're doing that again or this and that. And I, I just think repetition, I've, I've had a lot more respect for repetition where I used to be, I think in our brains we've got the kind of 
that the streaming, you know, um, or the, the you know the, the YouTube sort of streaming uh, little timeline bar at the bottom where we go, oh, let's just complete that, and then it's completed, and then I can feel happy inside that I've completed it. But there's a Jim Rohn quote that I love, and it's 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 like, um, you know, you you said that you've got it, but but do you actually got it? You know, did, did you actually get it? Um, so I guess you know, where does repetition come into play, you know, in terms of like your values in coaching? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about how we learnt things as a child. Think about your times tables. Now, you mightn't use those every day, but I, I bet you, you can still recite them or if you can't recite all of them, you, you certainly can pick that figure out of your head when you need to know what five times ten is. It, it's just there. And repetition is how we hardwire our brain, how we change those neural pathways and we remember things. It's the same as driving. Most of us can drive. We couldn't in the beginning. So how did we learn to drive? We drove up and down the driveway. Then we might have drove around the block and we did little things over and over and over. Now when we get in the car, you get halfway down the street and you think, oh, how did I get there? And if you're going to the same place all the time, it becomes that subconscious. You're not actually consciously thinking, okay, put the seatbelt on, go down the driveway, close the gate and put it into to, um, drive and indicate turn right, turn left, whatever you're doing. You just do it all subconsciously. And when we're learning something, we have to learn it so that we can remember it. And then once we've got it, we basically learn it so we don't remember it anymore and it just becomes a habit, which is why we do a lot of things over and over and then it can be very difficult to break them because we've had that repetition. We now decide that we're not doing that and we've done it once or twice, forget about it and go, well, it didn't work. We haven't quite hardwired it into our brain yet. Yep, into the neural links of the subconscious and 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 sometimes it's so frustrating, especially when you've got awareness of it and you're like, oh, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep, you know, knee-jerk reacting in a situation like this? I'm better than that. And, and it's uh, the whole cycle, but yeah, I, I definitely believe it. What, what are some other ways people can kind of hardwire their subconscious? I, mean, I did want to actually ask you a different question, which was um, maybe you could tell the folks that you didn't just drive up and down a uh, driveway, you've done other things in cars. <laughs> I have done other things in cars. I will answer the first question before I um, answer the second one. So other ways that we can um, get things happening, uh, definitely by doing, like you said, that the affirmations, writing it down, and particularly with the positive things because we get really stuck on the negative. Now, I love that um, a lot of people are saying that life is 50-50, that sometimes you have good Sometimes you have bad, but it's not 50-50 all the time. Sometimes it's 80-20, so it's really good and not so good, and then suddenly it swings around the other way and it's really bad and not so good. So by writing those things down, particularly the good things, you can go, I've fairly had a, a not nice day, but, oh, look, I, I got paid for that invoice I didn't think I was going to. I had a lovely dinner in the oven when I got home or I had leftovers so I didn't have to cook lunch, or whatever it might be. There's all these little things that you're not necessarily remembering. But when you go back and think about it, you go, oh, actually, today wasn't quite as bad. There was just one thing that wasn't so good. And you can then really hone in on the good things. And to tell you about my cars, well, I love driving. I drive a lot of miles. I live just north of Bunbury, so I drive up and down the highway to Perth a lot. 
But previous to that, I used to race go-karts. From 13 to 17, I raced go-karts. So um, I was out there um, racing with the boys because at that stage there wasn't a girls' division, so I just got lumped in with the boys and did quite well. So, um, yes, cars are definitely in my passion. And these days I just sit on the sidelines and, and watch, but absolutely love supercars and speedway. And do you have photos of you in a go-kart? Oh, probably way back when somewhere, but no, you're not getting it. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, please comment in the comment section if you'd like to see photos of Kathy in a go-kart. <laughs> At 17. At <laughs> <laughs> 17. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, I love that. And I think uh, I really like that what you're talking about in terms of you've got to bring attention and, and, and I guess, it's, you've got to calculate um, the wins along the way. Like, yeah, like every day is in perfection. But, um, you know, what did – and today today I um, I had had a book um, that I went into a youth centre and, and the, the Decided Destiny Movement, so the Destiny book, I want to get into the, you know, like youth centre and mentoring and, and, and that sort of field. And the, the lady that took it, she said when I told the story and I guess my little pitch that I didn't really know, you know, I just kind of – shared it um and that's not the right thing i think you should prepare and, and always have a good have a couple of pictures in your hand otherwise you confuse people so i shared you know, a bit of the story and uh you know the lady um said oh, i know as soon as i mentioned grandparents raised me she goes i know someone that's living with their grand their grandmother um and i already know who i'm giving this book to and for me i was like that felt like you know receiving you know something like like a gift for christmas like it was just Knowing that, I just said to her, because it was just natural, I just said, that's why I wrote the book. You know, that reason right there is why I wrote the book. And I think, like you said, you calculate different wins, you know. Like for me, it was like, yeah, that might not be a huge economic win or a huge um, business development or a huge, uh, you know, like personal relationship win, but it was like a spiritual win for me. It was like, oh, all this culmination of writing the book, of getting it out, of editing, of all the all the pain along the way um, for, for that piece there, like th that's what makes it really worth it. Absolutely. And even um, when you were at Anzac Day and you were down at Mount Clarence in Albany and you took photos and you, you posted them, that was one of those kind of moments for me because my grandfather actually did the statue at Mount Clarence. So we try to get down there as often as we can. And unfortunately, he's um, passed on these days, but I always feel close to him when I'm down there. So you, you just don't know who you're going to influence with all these tiny little bits of gold that you're putting out into the world. I love it. That, that's uh, Mount Clarence. And, and, it has a, and it has a special, you know, like deeper um, relationship with you now, which is something that's, and that's just something that your grandfather left. You know, that's a legacy, really. Which is just yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's jump right into another question. I feel like doing a drum roll. Um, <laughs> niche or not niche? Let us know. Well, if you're in America, you wouldn't be saying niche, would you? But we, of course, um, do say niche. Um, yep. So it, it's one of those things. It is much easier to niche because then you can get your message out and you can speak to a particular sort of person. So with um, my coaching, I have niched into helping coaches make a business out of coaching, which means that when I'm developing any of my messaging, my collateral, I can talk to coaches about it. 
Now, some people say, but then you're cutting out other people. Yes, you are, but you can't help everybody. So if you don't niche, it can be very difficult for people to actually know what you're coaching. And if they're thinking of you, how are they going to recommend you or refer you? Because obviously you can't help everybody. But then on the other side of that, you can niche vertically or you can niche horizontally. So you might say, okay, I'm going to be a generalist and I'm only going to work with men. I might only be going to work with men in the Great Southern area. I might only be going to work with men that are aged between 13 and 25. Now, that is a niche within itself because you're now starting to define who you're going to talk to. So obviously talking to a 13 to 25-year-old could be quite different to talking to a 50 to 60-year-old. And the, the way and where you talk to them will be different as well. So there's definitely benefits in niching. Being a generalist means that you can help everybody, but then it's much harder to get that message so that it just hits that one person and you go, oh, I need to talk to Kyle or I need to talk to Kathy. They're my people. I love that. And and would there be times where, so, you know, I started out as a generalist photographer and I was doing a bit of everything and just whatever gig came my way, um, but that was me starting out and, you know, lots of free gigs and lots of, you know, those beware of this, guys, lots of gigs where it's like, oh, this would be great for your exposure. This really, you know, this 10-hour shoot, you know, it will be great for your exposure. Did I mention it's over three days? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. And you don't get paid. Yeah, and you don't get paid and what have no exposure. So always getting exchange, uh, just just small tip with that, always getting exchange in some form, even if it's just someone mentioning you on a stage and you've done the photos for free or video or coaching or whatever you've done. But, um, you know, I felt myself doing general, being a generalist then and then, then I went into business once I found passion in business and I heard, okay, a lot of other industries can be seasonal. And I'm like, well, I want to be working every season. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I've really got a passion for business because i got a passion in business stories. And I, that's when my business personally started really climbing and taking off and there was some regular you know, work and it was developing. I was getting better as a business owner. And, and, and for me, I just found that, the good and then i guess there a point where you go up you go up that niche like you go up the tower and then you kind of go okay now i need to develop a different arm you know now we do filmmaking or now we do drone or now we do blah blah and then you build that arm so is there like a strategy of niching building it up and then and then and then you then you scale across yeah absolutely and you can have more than one niche so for yourself yes. like you do business photography but you might also decide that you have a passion for animals. So now you're doing business photography and you're doing animal portraiture. It doesn't mean that you have you can't do one without the other, but when you're talking to your business people, unless they're a pet owner or have a pet store or a vet, you're not going to be talking all the fluffy language that you would be um, if you were doing the portraiture for the, the fluffy little pooch that's the, the surrogate child. So that's quite different. Yes. But what I like to use is the analogy of Facebook. Everybody thinks, well, Facebook's got world domination. And yes, they do. But they didn't start that way. They started mm. in one university on one campus in one place in America. They got that sorted and then they went to a second campus. Then they went to a different university. And then they had world domination. 
So get those foundations sorted. Get the all your bricks in a line. Build your first room and then think about building other rooms after that. Love it. I love it. That's really, really, yeah, and it's true. We, we don't, we, we only see the end result. We forget where, where they started. I guess that's where books like biographies um, of maybe people that we, you know, that are like doing phenomenal things on the planet are great because they can, you can see where did they start, what moves did they make. Now, uh, final question of the drum roll. Turn, so how do we turn a coaching passion, you know, whether we're coaching about, grooming dogs or we're coaching about geography or the study destiny or you know how to be a stay-at-home mom and do dripping whatever we're coaching um how do we turn a coaching passion into a coaching practice well that is such a great question and it's a case of starting with your mindset you need to start and think am i going to be a business owner and if this is going to be a business then you need to treat it like a business and, yes, it's great to do free stuff and barter stuff, but what are you telling the universe? If you're continually knocking back paid work, whether you're intending to or not, you're telling the universe that you're quite happy for this still to be a hobby. So you need to start thinking about it being a business and businesses have to make money or they are just hobbies. So you need to think of things like what is your messaging? hobbies. Very expensive hobbies, yes. <laughs> and then we get trapped into the um, I've got to do one more course, I've got to do another qualification, and then they become very, very expensive hobbies, but that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, think about your business, your practice as a business and treat it that way. Start by looking at what you want to achieve in a year and then break it back down. So you say, okay, in 12 months I want to do this. So therefore, in six months, I need to have done this. In three months, I need to have done that. And break it down so that you've got something that you need to do every day. And that works towards your weekly goal. That then works towards your monthly goal, which works towards your quarterly goal and your yearly goal. And then you don't get to the halfway through the year and go, well, I've done nothing because you've been achieving those things as you go along. So just think about the mindset and think about how you need to start and what things you need to do. And be very careful of people that say, you can't do it without this and that and everything else, because that's really distracting you from what you need to do. And if possible, while you're building it up, try and work on your business at least a couple of hours at a day. So do something where you're actually doing your business as well as working on your business. And if you have the financial luxury of going full pelt and doing your business, or sometimes it's not a luxury, sometimes it's a necessity, then make sure you start with that plan. Yep. I love that. I love that. And, uh, well, so where could we, I guess, where, where do we go? You've got, uh, I wanted to find out um, before we close the close the shows, um, where can we go to follow you, find out more about you? Um, I feel like every time I talk to you, I, you know, you give me ideas and you give me that kind of, you're like that refreshing, calm voice, like going, ah, just be business owner, <laughs> go this way, you know? And so um, where can people find out more about, you, you know, and um, what you're doing right now, uh, you know, what sort of program you're doing and also where we can follow you? 
Absolutely. Unfortunately, I have a very common name, even though I am not a common person. So the easiest way to find me is to actually go to the website, which is kathysmithcoaching.com.au. Um, I am on all the, the socials, um, Kathy with a C, um, but sometimes it's a little bit hard to find me in amongst all the other millions of Kathy Smiths. But yeah, definitely going to the website, kathysmithcoaching.com.au. And as it just happens, I have a new program starting on the 23rd of May. So if you are listening after that, um, no doubt there'll be another cohort after that. But that is called um, Coaches Marketing Roadshow, uh, Roadmap, sorry, Coaches Marketing Roadmap. And it is a 10-week program where we take you through not having any clients to getting clients. Everything about your messaging, how to run a business, why to run a business, where to advertise, how to advertise, and making sure that you do actually have a successful business at the end of it. Love it. I love it. So, guys, you know where to check that out. And, I, you know, just to qualify, you know, I think one of the biggest things a business owner you'll hear a business owner comment on is i wish i did that earlier or i wish i you know i wish i had that when i started and i i really do think you know investing in yourself in your business in you know in you because everything you touch as a business owner you know the staff under you um how you treat your family now that you're a business owner everything you touch will come back to those foundational principles and the bricks that you've built as a business owner and what you've put in place, what systems you've put in place, what mindset you've put in place, what strategy you've put in place, maybe even an exit plan you've put in place, you know, everything else is going to be touched and tainted if you have done that, how much time you spent on that, and how well you're doing that. So that's I'm a real big advocate of coaching and business coaches and the right coaches. And so, and the coaches that make you feel calm along the way when you're facing Goliath. So, but thank you so much, Kathy. Really, really appreciate you jumping on and sure we will... We'll have some more calls uh, as we go and we'll collaborate a little bit more along, along the way. Um, and thank you guys for tuning in. Check out Kathy. Check out those links. We'll put the links in the show notes um, and leave a comment. Let us know what you thought of the show. Um, let us know what you might want to see next time. And as always, remember, decide your destiny. Absolutely. Cheers. Bye. Bye.